It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. That's scary. And, uh, man, this dude Jim Schwartz was breaking down some stuff that I ain't never really heard of. Like, you know me. I, I Listen, he was breaking it down in a way – like, I'm gonna give you a tidbit because I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a, a video of this. But Jim Schwartz was doing a seminar, and they talking about he goes back to when they had Javon Curse, and he's saying Javon Curse was the, the like one of the first guys that was getting upfield doing his thing as a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. He said nobody could block him. He said, but when we was playing teams um, like Rich Gannon, you, you know, he got back then with the Raiders. He said. He was killing the guy. He was killing the tackle. He graded out at 95%, but they was getting rid of the ball. He said, when I went back, I was charting the plays, 0.1, 1.2 seconds, 1.5 seconds. He said, he's, he's killing the guy, but we're never going to get home. So he said, what we had to do, what we started doing is, we started rushing a spot rather than rushing where the player's standing. Where it's at. He said, so we would, we would take our little graph, and we would have dots, right? We put a dot on wherever he would throw the ball. He said we would all, then you got to a point where we had so many dots, we put it in a spreadsheet. Oh, wow. And so now when you, when you look at his cluster, you're looking at where he's throwing the ball at. So then he says, we rush to spots. You get your hands up. Trying we to rush passes. to fascinating. We yeah. don't rush. He said, we don't that old thing like gap integrity. We got two ends. That's going to contain and two defensive tackles. That's going to get a field. He said, nah, I don't want to do that. He said, to be truthful, we only contain it to one side of the field. I was like, what are you talking about? He said, well, That's next level stuff. He said, well, if I already know that the quarterbacks say, for instance, a Michael Vick, we always wanted Michael Vick rolling, rolling to his right instead of his left because he couldn't throw the ball. He said, we, if you're a right handed quarterback, we always told our guy that we wanted to get our defensive ends on two way goes. So hit you hit a move. We're not even worried about contain. And because we know you're going to run to that spot, you're not going to pay attention to the backside defensive end right. who will come and get a strip sack. And I thought that was the – I had never heard nothing like that in my life, that these dudes are rushing to specific parts of the field rather than the traditional gap integrity. And basically relying on tendencies and patterns and know where the ball's going. Yeah, I was like, why? And that was just the first. Is, is that why they start in the wide nine? To get better angles to get to certain spots as opposed to going one-on-one? I ha- look, I haven't read the rest of the book yet. <laughs> Jim let Schwartz, that, I'll let you know, man. That, but I, that first part blew my – it was the first 20 minutes of the mm. seminar. I'm like, what do you mean you ain't containing? He said, you don't need to contain with, with – uh, he said in the league, Guys are looking to, to get you and hurt you downfield. Guys, that, real quarterbacks don't want to scramble for 10 because they understand that 10 is not going to do anything. We'll just do it again. It just resets the pattern. Sure. We want, they want the big plays. So we don't have to contain him. He'll run it out there, but we're running to a spot. He said some people, we don't even want to sack. We don't want sacks on that person. I wonder if that what if, you know, like it, it, we saw a stretch of quarterbacks Kaepernick, RG3, certainly Vic was the front edge of that wave, and we've seen others behind him. Lamar Jackson, to me, is the guy that's done it most effectively. I wonder if the defense has caught up, and that's the cheat code against Lamar Jackson to why we've seen his numbers come like this. Definitely, definitely. It almost, to me, hearing you explain it, it sounds crystal clear to me now, but I think that's what the league, that's the adjustment the league has made to try well, to Jalen Hurts played that way this year. Well, the difference between Hurts, I, I always, I think Hurts is a is a mobile quarterback, but he's not the guy that he's not the home run hitter. Like I think Justin Fields is, but he hasn't been able to come with the arm yet. Yeah, Fields is fast. Yeah, that's the cheat. If you go run, yeah, but Jalen Hurts, the difference between Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson is that Jalen Hurts has better talent around him. Yeah, he does, but. I also think that Lamar Jackson is just a better runner than Jalen Hurts. From 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 a yeah, but I I think Lamar is just as good a passer as Jalen Hurts is, if not better. I think he's a better passer. But what Bulls or what G is explaining here, yeah. to me, I I think that 
you know, we have seen somehow, some way, the league through some magic potion has taken away that cheat code of Lamar Jackson. I feel that. I think we all kind of see he's he's mm-hmm. regressed. I don't. Uh, he has and, regressed. And, and yeah. so oftentimes he was great you, early in the season. But there are other quarterbacks no, was, who have regressed too. But I I, I know. But what, what he's yeah. talking about specifically? Yeah. The league always catches up. Always. always. They always will. And then there will be something new. You remember when the Wildcat was the thing? Yeah. And Bill Belichick was looking across the field like, what the what hell do I do this? to stop this? When it first, when Miami first rolled it out, it, it caught everybody by surprise. Yep. It worked for a long stretch. And then defensive coordinators like, we got this. We understand how to stop it. Well, with Jackson, because he was one of one. Now, there are other guys that did what Lamar did, but nobody did it like, like he did. To me, he was a better Michael Vick. But through the, the the last couple of years, if you just look at his numbers, he hasn't been killing teams with those downfield throws like he was before. Nope. And but he doesn't have any receivers. I know, but I'm just talking about him. We talk Forget about, about yeah. everything it, else. We're talking about schematically. Schematically, schematically you... there, there's a better cheat code that the defenses have used, and I wonder if that's not it. Yeah, it, I'm just not convinced that that's that we know that for sure well, yet. Well, I don't it, know, but it sounds perfectly well, plausible well, to me. Well, you got to look at but it. But then why couldn't they stop Jalen Hurts then? Well, well, they did stop, well, they did stop Jalen, Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Jalen Hurts didn't win the Super Bowl. He won the Super Bowl. I think Are Kansas City Chiefs right now. The Kansas City Chiefs made a decision bowl. Did Kansas they City lose Chiefs. because of Jalen Hurts? He fumbled. No, but he got but hit. You know Nobody played great the no, Super Bowl. No, no, it's the equivalent of a basketball team he saying he just, you're going to get 50 on us, but we're going to stop everything else. See, see, that's the thing when you talk about running what? quarterbacks. The Here, Eagles didn't run the ball. That's how they had made I know it to that, that point. But there was no cheat code to stop Jalen Hurts. But, but, they didn't want to. Do your thing. The, the, You're the, not going to beat him. Silly. No, 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 he no, didn't no, beat him. No, no, that's. They scored see, 35. No, hold on, hold on. See what you didn't beat him. What y'all not getting <laughs> is what you're not getting it. Getting it is, you looking at 35. Well, that, well, hold on a second. I guess there's a cheat code to stop Joe Burrow now. No. Well, there not. will be. I mean, but there is because they didn't even win the Super no, Bowl. No, no, no. no. What I'm that's saying. what you just said. About, I'm talking about two quarterbacks yeah. that met in the Super Bowl. Yeah. One is obviously the more accomplished, polished quarterback. Yes. The other one relied heavily on a run game. And the other, and he played better. We're, we're, and here's what Andy And Jalen Hurts played better than Patrick Mahomes. Are, he did, are. but you know what? You can win the battle. We're going to win the not, war. We're not. But that's what they did. But it wasn't because of some great guys, strategy guys, to stop the guys, run game. Guys. They got lucky. Guys, we're talking about two we've individual players. Come we've on, hit guys. That guys again, Bull. We've ta- we're talking about two yeah. individual players. You're missing the forest for the trees. Yes. The comment is, yeah. when you're talking about defensive schemes, it's how you go about stopping certain quarterbacks. Jay's talking about the fact that Lamar Jackson is a running quarterback. The reason why it's difficult for running quarterbacks to continue to win Super Bowls is because defensive coordinators will give you that. Joe Burrow's different from Hurts. You know why? Because Joe Burrow is the guy that is looking downfield yes. to hit the hit the big plays. He see Joe Burrow understands. But, but, but your example of Jalen Hurts is wrong because they didn't stop Jalen Hurts. Oh, they, they, they stopped you. The Eagles' running game besides him didn't do well. So, and that's so, why that they has lost. nothing to do with a cheat so, code on Jalen Hurts. So that's why this, they lost. Watch this. When you talk about Jalen Hurts, what's the one when you when you put the ball in your quarterback's hands and he's running around a lot? Yeah. There's two things that happen. You put him in harm's way, and there's turnovers that can happen. The biggest turnover to the game. Yeah. It, won- no, it, it was the biggest play right. of the game. That one play, sure. He had a bad play. play. Who played better in the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes? Is it an individual game or a team game? You, I just said uh, I just said that Lamar Jackson doesn't have talent around him. You said, let's not talk about around him. Let's just no. talk about individual. We're talking. Who played better? Who played better? Who I'll played take Mahomes. better? Mahomes. Who I'll played Mahomes. better in the Super Bowl? Mahomes. No, he didn't. He was, the MVP. Close. he was the MVP. Yes or no? <laughs> Did his team win the game? Yes or no? Yes. But that's, okay, thank you. You didn't answer my question. Oh, okay. Then give me Jalen Hurts in the L. Did you kid me? Did Mahomes have a So you think Mahomes played better in the Super Bowl than Jalen Hurts? Did Mahomes have a turnover? 1,000% I do. Yes. Wow. I don't even think it was close. You know the deep ball the, the deep ball that Hurts threw down yeah. the field that right. ended up being a touchdown right. was a terribly thrown ball. So now we're going to analyze every throw and who threw no, each no, individual throw better? No, what I'm going to say to you, though, what, is... What you're going to say is you've turned that... That's a team argument, but when I said Lamar Jackson's got no talent around wait, him, that, you're saying, well, the talent around doesn't matter. Let's talk individual. Finish. That's not a team argument. That's yeah. an individual player that threw a poor ball. Okay, but the there was, the Chiefs didn't find uh, a cheat code to stop Jalen Hurts. You're, you, the Eagles lost that game because of their defense. Okay, now that you've said that, yeah. let me say this. Yeah. 
they had decided coming into the game, they, it's a pick your poison thing. It's a Bill Belichick thing. How, how's, what's their best chance of beating us? And I had said before the game, and I think most of the experts had said before the game, the reason a lot of people thought the Eagles would win the game was because their run game was so good. And Andy Reid made the conscious decision before the game. We can give the opportunity to Hurts to beat us, but we don't think he can. So we're going to do everything we can to take away See, I don't their believe kryptonite. any of that. They Eagles lost for one reason. Their defense sucked. That's Whoa. the only reason it, it, they lost. So them not being able to run the ball had nothing no, to do with them losing. 35 points, Jay. Wasn't enough, was it? So let me give you all Can I give you the Because of the defense. One second. Speaking of the cheat code. What do you mean no? You're wrong. How many times do you win a Super Bowl with 35 points? Yellow card. How many times do you win a Super Bowl with 35 points? The 12 o'clock hour. Not this time. Because of the defense. Call it racing. Call it racing. Or Dave Freeze, Ohio. NASCAR team. Get back at it. Now, hold on. Pause. Yeah. Yes. Before y'all get to it. Yeah. Now, look, boo. Your premise is. Yeah. Wrong. That, that Jalen Hurts played better than Mahomes. Everybody does that's that. Unequivocally false. It's, yes, it's, it's 1,000 percent false. Hold on, Jaylen, you're embarrassing Jaylen, yourself. Jalen Hurts played better. Hold on, no, no, no. Let me give you. Let me give it to you. Jalen Hurts played way better. Get, Go let ahead. me give it to y'all. Yeah. Spit facts, brother. Patrick Mahomes, 21 to 27. Okay. 182, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks. QBR of 96.4. No fumbles. No fumbles. Yeah. When you go to Jalen Hurts, when you get to Jalen Hurts' stats, yeah. and you look at it, he had 304 yards. Yeah, it's 100 and something Oftentimes, yards. the losing quarterback does have more. Because That's he's a coming bad argument. Because it was a neck-and-neck no. neck game the whole no way. Give, give, give the other stat. No Listen, no, no, give no, the no, other no, stat. You, you, let had, let you me, said something that doesn't is not appropriate. Give the other stat. Let me get to Jalen Hurts here. Yeah. He had 304 passing yards and four total touchdowns in a two-point yeah. conversion. Yeah. And a exactly. fumble that cost and, the And the, fu- the fumble was costly. Oh, yes. but we're not going to talk about that. Of course well, we're going to talk about it. You brought it up ten times. I've acknowledged it. It's and huge. Jalen Hurts still it's played a better four, game for Patrick a Mahomes. Touchdown. So what I'm saying to you is yeah. if you go if you pay Patrick Mahomes, you have to be perfect. He was not perfect. I didn't say he was perfect. He I played. said he was better than Patrick he Mahomes. He was not. Patrick be- Mahomes was Because perfect. Patrick Mahomes didn't turn the football over. And the costly turnover cost him that game. So it was you, certainly it, a big factor in the game. So if no you doubt. Give, if you give the Chiefs that fumble touchdown, yeah. Add it, no, no, no. But I'm saying if you give it to them and add it to Mahomes' stats, Mahomes had four touchdowns, Hurts had four touchdowns, right there. Okay. And then the Eagles lost because of their defense sucked. Yes. If you give they, them, what were their running the numbers? Half. What if, were their running numbers? If you look up, let's take, let's take irrelevant. The equipment. Irrelevant. The initial question was: There's a cheat code to stop Lamar Jackson. I said, I don't believe that yet. We got to see. Yeah. And I said, Jalen Hurts, who has a similar style of play, there was no cheat code to stop him. And you said in a game they scored 35 points and he played great besides one play, you said there was a cheat code. <laughs> Other than that, so, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play? So, Jay, so one turnover means you didn't play a great game. One turnover that cost them the I, game? Well, first of all, we don't know it for was, sure it, it cost them the, the game. It was in the first half. It was obviously a critical it, play that may have cost them the game. What was the final Do score? You say, are you saying he didn't play a great game besides that? I've play? never said that. I will never say that he didn't play a well, great game. Well, then why are you arguing with me when I'm saying he played a great game? There was no cheat code. They didn't stop him. Bull, I didn't tell you that he yeah. didn't play a great game. He I played disagree. better than Mahomes. I disagree with that premise. So, okay. if you're going right. to say yeah. you want Mahomes or who do you want going forward? Who are you going to do? Mahomes. Mahomes. Why? That's a silly question. Now, watch. You're going to make my case for me no, right now. I'm not going to make a case. Why do you want him? He's the best He's quarterback, a better quarterback. Why? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What do you why? He's better. He's better than everybody. Oh, so there's no reason he's better? He's just better. Yeah, uh, what, what reason do you want to give me? It's uh, pretty obvious. Do I have to give any reasons? He's a better player. Right. Okay. And the reason the Chiefs won the Super Bowl is because he did what he does better than Jalen Hurts did 
what not he on that does. day. He didn't. And the other thing is, I know you're trying to dismiss. The and fact by the way, that they, if you're giving, if you're saying the reason they lost the game is the because of that pass. turnover, I then the reason they won the game sense. is not because of is not because of Mahomes. The run game to ignore the run game would be to miss the forest through the trees. It, I'm Andy talking Reed, about Jay. We're not talking about who the better team was. We were arguing no. about whether or not Jalen Hurts. There's, there's a cheat code, and your argument was the Super Bowl proved there was a Jalen Hurts cheat code, for which starters, is obviously a ridiculous take. You took <laughs> it to Jalen Hurts. We were talking about Lamar Jackson. I know, but Jalen Hurts is the same Jaylen. style no, of game. Not. Yes, no, he's he does. Not. He's not the same player yes, he, as Lamar Jackson. I didn't say he's the same player. I said he's the same style okay, of player. Okay, well, so, then so is Mahomes. No, he's not. Why not? Because he's not running for a thousand yards. He can run it when he needs to. He, but he's right. not the same style so, of player. Hurts and Lamar so, are similar type of players. Asked, Miles Sanders has seven carries, sixteen yards. Uh, uh, Kenneth, what does that have to do with Kenneth anything? They became seven carries, twenty-one yards. They still scored thirty-five. You, if you, if I would have told you going into the Super Bowl, the Eagles were going to score thirty-five points, would you have said that was enough to win? Nope. Oh, baloney! They're playing the Chiefs. Baloney! They're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. I, no chance you would have said the Chiefs were going to win if I told you they were scoring thirty-five points. Who'd they play? The Chiefs. What do they do? Score. They don't score. They don't average over 35 points a game. What do they do, Bull? They don't average over 35 points a game. They score points. They don't they average score. over 35. Whatever. Do they whatever, average over 35? Whatever no. point number no. is they need to score. No. They score. No, they don't. Bull. They, they, I don't, led, I don't they, the they led the NFL in points I, this year. I, I don't know they how. They lost. I, I hate to tell you they lost. And I, your guy did not play better than the MVP. I don't know how we got on Jalen. I don't know how we got on Jalen Hurts. I do. Yeah, I, I don't know how we got on whatever. The you case. did. You the reason why? No, <laughs> no. We were talking about Lamar Jackson. I, I, I said Jim you Sh- brought up Colin Kaepernick from like ten years ago. What, what does I that was, have to do with anything? Yeah, but what I was saying. Was, At least I'm bringing up a relevant there example. There was a time when the running quarterback was a bigger asset. No, it wasn't. Yes, you, you, you brought up one guy, Colin Kaepernick. Who else? Michael Vick was twenty years ago. RG three, same thing. Okay, he was when he his and he got year, hurt. People he was great. forget how good he was. He was great, and then he got hurt, and his career was shot. Correct. Yeah. But through the years, the defensive coordinators have tried to figure out what are we going to do because this is the trend. Yeah. And it is the wave, by the way. Look at the way college has played. Look at the way they're developing quarterbacks in college. Athletic quarterbacks. That's what they're bringing. Yes. The defensive coordinators wisely said, "We got to figure out how to stop and, this." And what, I'm and what I said was. When I heard your you description, heard, we talk about high level. We the light about, went off for me. That's it. We, I, I brought up that I he Jim Schwartz was doing something that I never heard somebody say. Right. Yeah. And it was a high level con- conversation about the way defensive coordinators go about game planning specific quarterbacks. And so when you hear things as a defensive end and you always have contained, 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 you rush this point, you rush this point, rush integrity. All those things are ingrained, but I thought it was fascinating that he came at it a different approach. He changed the wheel. He said, look, it's not about rushing to a point or a regular scheme. It's all about where we think he's going to be out on the field. And sometimes when you look on the field and there are players running for yards, say Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson for 80 yards, if those guys aren't scoring touchdowns with that, in the long play, the long game, they love that. Make them do it eight times. Do it again, eight yards. Yep. Do it again, ten yards. I, because it, it puts you in. A, it, you can turn the ball over. It gets your quarterback hit, and you still minimize. hurt. You minimize the amount of, of possessions in a game. But I, when, I, when I, you I brought I, up I, that point originally, did it have to do with running quarterbacks specifically, or just in general? Well, well he, what he was saying was, yeah. that they're getting the ball. They're getting the 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 key is getting sacks and pressure. If they're throwing the ball quickly. You can't get pressure. Right. If the quarterback's running, you're not getting pressure. He's trying to figure out the best way to affect the quarterback to get pressure. I can yeah. tell what G. Bush is saying before we pivot to some memberships in baseball. Yeah. Jim Schwartz looks at rushing the passer a different way than most defensive coordinators. Yeah, so Jim Schwartz was not the defensive coordinator for the Eagles in the Super Bowl, nor was he the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. So Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, who was better in the Super Bowl, is in the circle of where we were at. But we got off topic with G. Earl, you got to read. There it is. Well, that, that was, nice. was fun. Uh, so we <laughs> asked the, the internet, book? and every time we ask the internet, that's I'm presented to you this, by PCC Air Force. PCC, looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Air Force is our leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. In all locations of PCC Air Force, Eastlake, Manor, Whitcliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at 18% an hour. I'm sorry, $18 an hour and up. 
Plus, get a full benefit package, paid time off, and signing bonus. Apply online at precast.com careers to learn more. So the poll question was, who was right? And we had three options. Bull, <laughs> Jay, or why is everyone yelling at me? Well, write about what specifically. <laughs> like, like. Write about what specifically, about who I was better in the Super Bowl? Or just the whole argument? I didn't general. put the poll up. Anthony put the poll up. Okay. I was trying to keep the table. Who was right in general, right? Like, everyone, why is everyone is yelling at me? was uh, 38%. Now, gee, <laughs> I'm going to yell at you if you don't tell the fans why they should become a member of UCSS. Hey, man, listen, man. Well, first and foremost, you got to become a member of UCSS because you don't get no conversations like that. We go off the top of our head. But plus, we, you know you know what we got, man. The 199s here, you get your loyalty badges, the custom emoji badges. I need some more badges. We need to come up with a plan to get me some more emojis, man, because you know that's the most favorite emoji in the chat. Shout out to the chat. Members only community posts, we do that as well. And I always check in with y'all as well. And then we got that big tier, the big money, $4.99. That's for the big spenders. And you know what? You get all the starter tier perks. Overtime videos, member shout-outs, we be doing overtime. Sometimes our, our overtime is better than our last 15 minutes of the regular show. I ain't want to tell nobody, but check in. And on Monday for the Celtics-Cavs rematch, which right. should be a monumental game for Cleveland. They need to prove that that uh, beatdown on Wednesday was a fluke. Jason will be texting with coaches to your members. Right. You can sign up. We'll send out that link again on the Community Coaches tab Hopefully page on YouTube. Hopefully the Cavs will play better this Hopefully week. the Cavs will play better, but Jason – is always awesome when he does that. Brings That's a ton dope. of insight to the the fans. You get to interact with him. And it, who thinks the too. Cavs will win Monday? I do. Mm. Is it at home? Yeah, it's at home. Yeah, yeah. they better. Cause I looking. Boston's they, playing really good. Let's see how really they play against Detroit tonight. They looking. Yeah. They got to get that. That's a win. They, that better be a win. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. a win. That better yeah. be a win. The, the Celtics are gonna get it. They have our number. They, that we'll better be just a better team. They're a better team. We'll see if they have our number. It'll be. They gotta find someone to play a little defense. Hey, are we doing that thing? What's the one thing we doing? Where we 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 try to find a piece for the old Browns or, or what are we doing that? I think we're, I think we're gonna save that because we got to no. Do we're gonna baseball. say that because y'all was out here. Are we skipping the Cavs topic? Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, skip we'll, we'll get back. We'll get back. Oh, to that but the next topic is pretty good. Right, right, so right, before then. we get to Zach Beisel at twelve thirty, yeah, I saw a list on a certain network and Bull said bad job out of me. So I it went to MLB.com. I didn't even know where did you see that list, especially because it was from some slappy nobody ever heard of. Well, it, I mean, really I, was on the, the I saw it on odyssey.com. By the way, that list wasn't vastly different from MLB.com's yeah. list. No, it wasn't at it was, all. It was extreme because there's really not a lot of variance when you get into the top yeah, 30. True. We all know who they are. It's just a matter of how you rank them. Yeah. So, Earl, you got the we list? Hear you. No, so now I was yeah. just trying to uh, – I'm sorry, I got, I, got, I got thrown off. That's all right. So, the question <laughs> is, who's it the better player, Francisco Lindor <laughs> or Jose Ramirez? I it's not even close. It's not point. even close. Uh, it's not I was, a, when you sent that, I'm like, is anybody going to say Frankie? Does anybody want to make an argument? I, for I'll try to make the argument. I mean, okay, I, go ahead. I mean, when did I, I think Jose is better? But when did when did when did Jose become better than him? Because I think, uh, I thought at the time Frankie was well, better. It's interesting. And Frankie's he, arc was higher at one point. And then he caught him, and then it was over. And he passed him. Yep. Yep. Uh, the thing with. I, when they first both came up, like Lindor was a superstar prospect, and Ramirez wasn't even a prospect. No, was well, not even a prospect. Not no, nobody expected him to be this guy. No, you know? not you thought he. And when he first nobody. came up, and I first saw him play, I was like, oh, he's a nice player. I didn't expect him to be. Uh, nobody did. I thought he was too small. There is nobody. Honest. Mike Chernoff, Chris Anthony, none of them thought he'd be this. Nope, not but, Same with Oscar Gonzalez. Not not that he's reached that status, but right. That Oscar Gonzalez was like, was oh, a yeah, shocker. He's well, a guy. Then, yes, That's but. It. Now, I mean, I would say since, what year is this, 23? I would say since at least 2019, probably, that Jose's About passed 2019? Him. So, could I make the, I think Jose's better, but could I make the case for Lindor you just, try. just to try, just to present yeah. both sides? Yeah. For their careers. Yeah. Jose's played two more seasons. Yep. Or really a season and a half. He, he only played half of his first season. But yeah. for their careers... Jose's numbers are a 279 batting average, 192 RBIs, 660, 102, 192 home runs, 666 RBIs, which we have to do something about. That's not a good number for him to be sitting on for There's RBIs. So much better, many better stats than that, but okay. okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you the, I'm giving the base. Yeah. I'm going to get to the analytics in a sec. And at a .857 OPS, Lindor's played two fewer, season and a half fewer, yeah. 
277 batting average, 184 home runs, 581 RBIs, and a .816 OPS in a more premier position at shortstop, where defensively the difference does make a little bit of difference. And defensively, in career war, Lindor's double Jose plus some. He's at 10.4. Well, Jose at a 5. You're, that's apples just to defensive war. That's apples to oranges. Uh, I, I, once again, I, I think defensive just, war is completely flawed. I really? do too, yeah. Yeah. especially when you're comparing like? a shortstop to a third baseman. Yeah, I don't like, love defensive war at all. So what that, what that tells you is the gap between Frankie and all the other shortstops is greater than it is between Ramirez and all the other third basemen. But I think they're bet they're more. I think the we found this when we ranked the third baseman. They're all kind of right there. Yeah. They're the same. Where yeah. Frankie is an elite shortstop. I'll give you that. But I just look at the whole package. I, I look at the intangibles. I, leadership. Listen, I'm not picking Jose. I mean, I'm picking Jose. I'm not picking yeah. him. I'm just giving I don't you even, the case to make. Yeah, and if you look at career numbers too, early in their careers, Lindor was better than Ramirez in the first couple of years. And so if you look at their stat, I bet you if you just looked up their stats since like 2019 or 2018, Ramirez is way better well, than Lindor. Well, Lindor took a dive after his first he, year with the Mets was a, was this, abysmal. Right. Yeah. Uh, there was, was a stretch. Now, he did pick it up late in the year. He got right. hot in well, August, the first September. Half he was particular hard. Even after the All-Star break, I looked at his numbers, and his numbers were he was hitting like 220 he finished with single-digit home runs. He finished the season 270 batting average, 26 home runs, 170. Got red hot. Red Look hot at his August the, yeah. and September. No, no, it was two different but seasons. But I, I still think the difference between the two, it's the intangibles. I, agree. I just think that Jose Ramirez is a guy who collectively makes everybody on the team better by his by the way he goes about his job, his effort. Both are top of the top step of the dugout guys. I think you'd agree with that. Yeah, I think Lindor's they're, good in tangibles too. And so so he's good in that area, but I just think for my money, I look at what it would have cost to keep Frankie in Cleveland. And what the now he got the home count, hometown discount. He it's gave the them, best deal in best baseball best deal in baseball. It's the best deal in baseball, and you can make an Maybe argument the best, deal, the best deal in pro sports. It's the best deal in baseball of pre of, of guys who could have been free agents. But of guys who have actually yeah. signed guys, a long term deals. Guys, yeah. guys who signed long term deals pre arbitration. No, yeah, better. those don't count. Yeah. Those don't count. What Ramirez yeah. did was Ramirez, what was the number? hundred forty seven for hundred forty no, or something like that. The, the estimate was he left a hundred million dollars. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Like at least nobody just got three fifty. Frankie and and to be perfectly honest, I know that some think Machado is better, but I take I see him every day, and I'm probably biased. But yeah. I would take I would but take Jose. And even if you think he's Machado, better, he's not two hundred million dollars. Machado's better. a better no. a better defender than than Jose is. But but you, wait, he's not. Uh, you sure about that? Wait, what did you say? That Machado's a better defender than Jose. I don't know that he is. He wasn't by the. Wasn't I don't think he is. I think no. it wasn't I think this past year. That's why I, I gotta Jose tell you, love him in our Ramirez ratings. for his size. When yeah. when you stand next to him, you're like, wow. How does he? He's cover not a big dude. Rate? No, he's a but good defender. He, I think he gets to everything. But it doesn't even matter. Even if you do argue that, I, I actually think Jose overall is a little better than Machado. I do too. I, I, I think it's. But even if you say they're tied, or even if you say Machado's a little better, he's making way more, way more money. He's probably not even close. Top five highest paid. Players. And Jose's only missed. I know he was injured last year and that affected his play. Yeah. But he's only missed more, due to injury a significant amount of time once in his career, whereas Machado has had that. A I'll few turn times. the injury last year into a positive, okay? Most players in Jose's case Sit last out. year, right. they're done. They get the surgery, they're right. done. He needed the surgery when the injury happened. Yes. He knew that a 70% Jose Ramirez might get the Guardians into the playoffs, and who knows once we get there what can happen. He is selfless as a player and as a person. So when most guys hear that they've got a cracked bone in their thumb, they're like, well, let's fix it. He didn't no, he, do that. He played I, through it, and I think, I know it's not good that he got hurt. Injuries happen. It's not like he's injury prone, but what I loved about how he handled the injury last year was we didn't even know it. We didn't know how bad it was. We knew right. something we knew was something. wrong. Yeah, he wasn't playing as well. He wasn't it playing like as well, was, and we yeah. knew that they kept him out a couple games, and we knew right. he was nursing it. But as soon as the season was over, what do we hear? Ramirez is going in for surgery. Yeah, Ramirez he, is top of the line in terms of intangibles. I actually think Francisco Lindor is very good in terms of intangibles, too. I, do I think too. he's a good leader, too. He's just not as good as Ramirez. I, I, they're both excellent players. I'd love to have Lindor still on this team. But that trade, even though I, I, I would, we can get into an argument over spending money, but in the end, the Guardians made a fantastic out. trade. Well, well, out. They got two really good players I, out of it. I look at it like this. It's, it's kind of fascinating because when you look at Francisco Lindor, you don't even really 
you, you don't hear his name. Well, we don't hear it here. He's like, he gets a lot of well, talk well, in baseball circles. Well, no, I mean, what well, you yeah. don't hear like for players being as good as he was. And he was popular. He was the very, most popular player when he was here. Most popular. It's yeah. almost like we don't like in, in retrospect. We don't we don't I don't want to say show him any love, but it's almost like we don't mention his name anymore. Yeah, like, it's kind of stricken for the record. Well, because, like, and, and you don't we're not hating on him because the guys he got have been great. Right, right. So it's They've just like awesome. he just disappeared. Like so it is hard because before a player like Tommy, people was like, man, that we uh, you know, people like Cliff Lee. People like CC Sabathia, those guys, people were upset when they left. Um, Francisco w- was was different. Uh, didn't he didn't he get moved during COVID? No, or no, was he got, it prior to it. Nineteen? Yeah, no, no. He he was, he was still here for the COVID season, which right. was short. Yeah. His numbers he were got terrible. traded after yeah, the COVID. Yeah, his just, numbers, remember, and that was the other thing that me to me. I know there was a big debate: should we keep him? I was never in the camp of even considering keeping Frankie Lindor ever. I knew he, there was no way. I knew he was going to command way more money than this market would allow this team to spend it's, on one player. Is now? Do you feel like? Do you feel like there is a a price limit for any player? I know it when I see it. The thirty million a year for one player. This this market. This organization can't do that. Well, they, they were so, they it's, so it's case to case. Like, if you, but you would do it for some people. I would, but I'll give you example after example of teams in similar size markets that tried it and it failed miserably. Right, right. It's well, hard to, just it's hard to build a baseball team around one player. It's just it, it, very hard. Yeah. Listen, the bottom line to me is they could spend it. They're not going to, but that doesn't matter. In general, forget small market. They could in general when you spend huge. In general, when you spend huge money on a player. It usually doesn't work out. Whether you're, right. you're a big market now, the big market team can deal with that that failed contract. So, but either way, eighty percent of big contracts fail for the team. So your point about big markets are more equipped to deal with it. The Yankees yeah. just write checks to buy their way out of those holes, and they've done it too. They've signed thirty million dollar a year players and did not work out. A lot of them. A lot of them. A lot of them. And you know, you can look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers, I think, have a better track record on big money spends than the Yankees. The Red Sox have been terrible with it too. The Red Sox have had some recently some terrible, terrible misses. Ones. Yep. Those markets can do that. They can afford to do that. And we can argue all day whether or not the Dolans could spend more money. Of course they right. could. What I admire most about them is their fiscal responsibility. So could they have written that check? Yes, they absolutely could have written that check. But they're going to constantly be chasing what the Tigers were chasing for the last decade after they signed Miggy. That was a death knell for I, I them. would argue, though, that the Guardians have a so much better front office. They do. They, however, in the end, uh, they made such a good trade and when they, that it didn't matter. It ultimately didn't matter that they didn't sign Lindor because they made such a good trade. They didn't, they didn't need him. And, and that was part of my rationale yeah. of why they didn't yeah. have to sign him. Right. Why would you do that? Like the, but, the it's, Guardians, but it's still frustrating for fans, Jay, that none of their best players stay. Ramirez now, Jose did. is going to, but by it, but most of the great players, gone. And, and now, one of the guys you got in that trade, Rosario, this is probably his last year on the team. Well, they got Jimenez. No, 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 I know that, but one, but he, but Rosario, right, right, but eventually and I'm, he's and probably going to go I'm on a different line of thinking than you are. I'm yeah. thinking they're going to eventually see the value in Rosario. They're going to keep him. Where are they going to play him, though? It's my hope. I, I think we the better hope is to, to we'll they see. Can lock up Jimenez now. We'll see. But when when I hear stories like I've heard from guys that are around the team every day, how much Tito loves him and how much he appreciates what he brings to the clubhouse. Yeah. It's I, I it's easy to discard a guy. Like I know that Landry's talent was going down, but at some point the question should have been asked: Is it worth to keep him around for his? His personality, what he brings to the team in other areas. It's, it's, Everybody credited well, him the, for turning the, the it's, tide here it's the, with it's mentality. The, it's, it's the Nick Chubb concept, well, right? It's the Nick well, Chubb except Nick Chubb is productive. Well, except well, Nick Chubb's good and Jarvis Landry's finished. But, right. but yeah. at some point, you're not going to – even at this point, yeah. Nick Chubb's worth to the Browns is more than it on the open market. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. even, if, even if as he diminishes it, it – it, it, it almost, I, I'll come into Miami Heat. Udonis Haslam is on the bench. Right. They keep cutting him checks. You yep. know why? Yeah. Because he, right. he, he, he serves a purpose. And he that's why the talk of trading yeah. Nick Chubb is laughable because you're not getting a huge. No. He's worth so much more than you would get from a trade. But circling back to Rosario, thinking about Rosario, the only reason I think they do have a chance to keep him 
is because he's not a power hitter, he's not going to get a big contract. Like he, um, Ahmed Rosario's not getting $100 million plus. Which is why I think we should So they him. could sign him. Like and I think we should. I, I think if you offered him, I can't, I can't even go, I'm trying what to think how old What was the number? Do we have the, the Rosario? There, there was no Rosario. There was he no for Rosario. He wasn't in Rosario, no. Mm. I think Rosario, you're looking at like four years, six, like like an Encarnacion type of deal. And to saw. me, I think that's a good spend. Now maybe I'm under, maybe they've, they've more got than some that. other minority owners now that can help defray some of that expense. <laughs> I think I think an example for the Rosario deal may be similar to what Andrew Benatendi just signed with the White Sox, which I think was like five for seventy-five. And I think he's the same kind of you same know, level of player, but he fits the same role. Not a lot of power. Good at getting right. on base. Go ahead. You, you got to do a read. Our 12 o'clock yeah. hour yeah. is uh, brought to you by Carla Grayson. Carla Grayson, your Northeast Ohio NASCAR team, and we welcome you and Zach Meisel to the conversation. What's up, Zach? Hey, 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 Zach, before we bring you in, we are so happy to have you with us. Yes, but Zach. shout out to the, the chat, by the way. We had Shield NA, Phil Bowman, and Derek Parso gift other people memberships today. Look at that. We have gifted we seven it. memberships. Shield did five himself. Is that like you pay it forward at the Starbucks Pay it forward at Starbucks, yep. All so right. shout out to those wow. guys. We love you guys. Thank Zach, you. Y'all are well the best. Done. What's so, up, Zach? By the way, Zach. So Zach is, uh, my buddy and I bought tickets today for the Lake County Captains game that you are featured at. Tell these guys, because they might not know about this, Zach, why you're going to be, I don't know what you're doing exactly there, but why you're going to be uh, performing or at being honored uh, a Lake County captain's game this year. Explain it to these guys. Oh, I should probably know the date offhand. I want to say it's... <laughs> I think it's in June, right? June 16th. June 16th. Friday of Father's Day weekend, I think. Yeah. How did you uh, know what he does? Because we just bought tickets, my oh, friend okay. and I. Okay. So it's going to be random jersey night at Classic Park. And so they're encouraging everyone, wear your... Trent Dilfer Browns jersey, wear your Wesley Person Cavs jersey, whatever nice. you can dig out of the closet or maybe find on eBay. Um, but the more random, the better. And that's kind of my shtick on Twitter. So I guess I'm going to be judging people. I don't know. We haven't hammered out the full details yet, but <laughs> it should be fun. What but jersey are you Bull has Bull? a Baker Mayfield jersey. Does I, that count? I have, a, well, I have a Derek Anderson. I don't know if that's random because he was really good that year. You got to wear the Baker. I'm going to have to buy a new one. No, oh, not Baker. Baker's not random. I got to, I'm going to get a go. I'm going to get an old school. I got to find somehow a random Indians jersey that I'm going to go buy. Jerry Dibzinski. Yeah, like a Jerry Dibzinski. No. Yeah. But Zach the does Dibber. this on Twitter all the time. Give me that really Corey good. Schneider boy. No, but again, Corey Schneider's not random. He's too good yeah. to be banned. It, it would be when somebody... Zach tweets out pictures, he does this. He tweets out pictures. Like, it's got to be some schlub who played, like, 13 games for the You Guardians. didn't even know that player sold jerseys. Right, you're like, who was that? Most – the guys you tweet out, most general Cleveland sports fans would probably not even know who that player was. So, the first one we had here in, in Arizona this year was Mark Zepchinski, which, yeah. okay, yeah. people remember that name because yeah. it's so long and has not enough vowels, but – it, this jersey, he pitched from Cleve, in Cleveland from 2013 to 15. But this particular jersey was from when he came back in 2018. Oh, and he wow. pitched two innings. He used that jersey for two innings, and this wow. person had the jersey. So we're looking for that degree. That's right. It's got, I mean, that's got to be – that is impressive. That, that is, is really Who was the guy – I can't think of his name now. Who was the guy who uh, pitched the playoff game against the Blue Jays for the, for the Indians in 16? Left-handed Ryan pitchers. Ryan Merritt. Ryan Merritt. Ryan Merritt. Oh my God. That would be random. Wow. Ryan Merritt. I mean, it was. I don't think we've seen one. No. I, I might have to get a Ryan. I, I, I have to find one. I have to impress Zach. <laughs> Zach, what is the most <laughs> random jersey you have come across, though? Like, what is number one on your list of most random jerseys? So it's. When you think about the criteria, it's you want someone who didn't play for very long. I think the older, the better, but you don't want it to be too old because you want people to. To say, oh, yeah, I vaguely remember that person. So I do a top 25 list at the end of every season. And every year I think, man, we're going to run out. We've seen everybody. And yeah. fans blow me away. And they give me enough material <laughs> to use. So I'm trying to think, like, oh, man. who was number the one best or, like, that that utility infielder who played, like, seven games in 1999. Like, yes. somehow someone has his jersey. So one of the more fun ones was, Two years ago, Cleveland traded Eddie Rosario at the deadline. And to make the salaries work, just 
they the Braves sent back Pablo Sandoval. Oh yeah, right. He never he never even came to Cleveland. He was released like three hours later, but someone went and customized no. Pablo Sandoval. Well, they did that just for you. They did it just. I mean, for that's you, the Zach. best. That is the. I don't know if that can be top. <laughs> no, that is. No. He never wore a Cleveland uniform. <laughs> the Kung Fu Panda in Cleveland. I, mean, I have no amazing. idea he even came to Cleveland. He didn't. Oh my god. He just wrote no, 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 paper for three hours. Technically, an Indian. that's fantastic. All right, Zach. We were just having this conversation. <laughs> I don't know if you heard the end of the conversation. We were talking about the possibility of re-signing Rosario. I assume he's going to be gone after this year, but I said to Jay, okay, because he thinks they may sign him. I said, well, maybe, because he's not going to make huge money like Ramirez or like certainly like Lindor. I said maybe four years, 65 for 75. Am I way off on his value? Am I underselling him, or is he in that, that range? And is it possible no, the, the Guardians would do it? I think the thing working in his favor is this class of free agent shortstops this winter is the opposite of the one we just saw. So you had Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, oh, Xander Bogarts landing huge deals. There's nobody. Rosario is so he'll be the he'll be the, head the valedictorian. Yeah. So I think of someone like Didi Gregorius. I think he got what four years, seventy-two million maybe with the Phillies a few years okay. ago. Something like that probably makes sense just because of the market. You know, if it was a better shortstop market, maybe it drives down his price a little. I think the odds are against something happening in Cleveland, mostly because they need to still figure out what to do with all these middle infield prospects. You know, Gabriel Arias needs opportunities. Tyler Freeman, Brian Rocchio, Angel Martinez. So you either have to trade the kids and sign Rosario, or you have to let Rosario walk and then let the kids play. Is it a situation where we'll get to find out? I mean, there's probably a lot of at-bats available in spring training. Are we going to see some of these kids so we can see if one of them can separate from the from the group as a potential replacement to Rosario if they let him walk? That's the struggle. Is Rosario's been so consistent in his career that you know, odds are he's going to do what he always does, hit 280, steal some bases, play every single day. So see, that's why you know, they're struggling with right that. In front of us. I think he's Yeah, you're struggling with that decision because Rosario Jimenez, those guys play every day. So how many at-bats are there really for Gabriel Arias? That's why he and Tyler Freeman are working in the outfield. But they've this is a dilemma they've been facing for a couple years now, and they know they need to make a trade at some point, consolidate some of these prospects, because they're all bubbling up. They're all in double-A, triple-A, ready for the majors. But there's only two starting spots in the middle infield. Jose Ramirez is going to be your third baseman for a long time. So where do you play these kids? How do you learn about them? while also not sacrificing production in the short term because you're trying to win. Yeah. How old is Rosario? 27, well, I was. I would guess 26 or 7. I think he's 20. He's 26 or 27. I don't yeah. know what his birthday is. See, I know, I know that sometimes we get enamored by 21, 22, 23, but a lot of times in baseball, those guys never percolate. They never, they never develop. And because we've got a guy, I think, the, first of all, I think strength is up the middle. And I just, I, I want to think long term, Let's solidify that with guys like Zach just said. He's a known commodity. We know what he's going to give us. We don't know what the kids are. I would just rather stay with the guy that you know and lock him up. I know it's not the Guardians' way. Yeah. But and trade the kids for pitching. Yes. Yeah, Zach, that's what Zach, I was this say. Whole package this, him up and get a pitcher. Mike, I know you want to jump in, but since we got this whole, as you know, I've been screaming about trying to trade for Brian Reynolds for a couple of months, but now I've changed my mind. I look at the Guardians' rotation. And I think about a potential playoff rotation, and I would rather them have a, somebody that's not here be their third starter. Um, I don't trust Plesac. I don't trust Savali. I'm fine with Quantrill as your four. We know you're good at one and two. I think they should, whether it's now or more likely the trade deadline, I, I think I've changed my mind. Now, I know they have Daniel Spino, even though he's hurt, and Bibby, or however you pronounce his name. But I think I like the idea of trading for a good young pitcher who maybe has two or three years of control and training some of these young <laughs> prospects. What, what do you see that as a possibility this season at some point? I think it's difficult to forecast what the team might need and who might be yeah. available on the market come July. But I think that's probably the most likely scenario. I think, you know, Jay, to your point, Ahmed Rosario was a top three prospect in baseball. So yeah. You know, if, if if Gabriel Arias gives you what Rosario has given you, you're probably thrilled. But well, yeah, you are. It, but it is but you risk. can't project that. 
Right, but that's right. his point. And yeah, yeah, he's no, agreeing I, with I, you. I get yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely, I get it. I think what makes it tough is if this was a situation like Cincinnati or Oakland, you let the kids play, take their absolutely. lumps, and and you'd be fine with that. And then once they're ready to be good players, you figure you're probably contending. But this team's already there. It's, it's They sped up the process almost too quick. Obviously, <laughs> you want to win when you can win. But it's just made for some challenges here. And I think they're going to get to a point where, I mean, we've already seen it. They trade Nolan Jones for a younger prospect to kick the can down the road. They've done that with some other guys. And you're going to have to keep doing that or the other option consolidate some prospects which they've done in the past i mean they did it in 2016 and they're gonna have to make another move like that this year i think we'll just we'll have a better grasp for what their needs are in june and july but you're right bull i think rotation makes sense because i mean you had quantrill facing garrett cole twice in a five-game series that's not going to work out for you most of the time so they need they need another starting pitcher to help bridge the gap, too, because you've got these three really good starting pitching prospects. But as Daniel Espino shown you, injuries are always going to be a factor That's right. and there's no guarantee there. And I don't know that those guys are going to help you this October. Right. You know, you're more likely to sort of ease them into things next year and see where you go from there. But in terms of 2023, I'm, I'm guessing starting pitching is going to be what they need and they don't need back of the rotation types. I think they need another horse that they can trust like Bieber and McKenzie. Yep. Zach, this is my first full season of Guardians baseball in Cleveland. I moved here mid-April of last year. We had Will Brennan on the show a couple weeks ago, and he was awesome. So he's now my favorite Guardian. So please, (laughs) Zach, tell me why Will Brennan is going to be in the MVP race in 2023. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why wouldn't he be? How did you guys – How'd you guys settle on him? Because it's interesting. I don't think many people know much about him yet. And yet he might have the most colorful, colorful personality yeah. in the he clubhouse. And I, I hope I hope he gets a chance to showcase his skills this year just so that people can kind of see that personality. He's, he's hilarious. Um, all he's ever done is hit. Look at his minor league numbers. Last year he was, I think he was hitting 311 at AA. They bumped him up to AAA and he hit even better. Comes up in the major leagues and looks like a regular and then he was saying that in Yankee Stadium in the playoffs, like he couldn't feel his hands and his feet and his heart was pounding out of his chest. And he's like, how the hell did I get here? I was in double A a couple months ago. But but he's he's just a genuine dude. And I think the, the, the reason why I think this team is in a good spot is if Oscar Gonzalez falters, if Miles Straw falters, you have Brennan there. They have contingency plans for most spots on the roster. And I think Brennan in the outfield, if, if they need him to get 400 at-bats, I think he'd thrive. I know it was a hypothetical, but you did say if Oscar Gonzalez struggles. And one of the things, obviously, that led the in, uh, the Guardians to all the success they had last year was they just kept – it's lightning in a bottle, but not when the Guardians do it. They just were bringing these guys up, and they were all contributing, and some of them became stars. Quan, obviously, Gonzalez seemed to be here for the long haul now, but you know well about the sophomore slump. The league now has a full book on you. They can they, they, they know where the holes in your swing are. How concerned are you that one of these guys that was a big contributor last year, and you can start with Gonzalez and Quan and add anybody you want, are, are going to take steps back this year? I think it depends on the skill set. So with Quan he's elite at making contact and he has elite plate discipline. So like his floor is going to be pretty high regardless. And he showed last season. I mean, in May he was dreadful for about three weeks and then didn't go into a slump again after that. So he showed he can make the adjustments and you know, he's, I think he's looking more at if I have such good plate discipline and I'm at the plate and it's, I'm working myself into a hitter's count. I can be more aggressive and maybe, swing at pitches that I wasn't swinging at last season. So I think he's set up well to avoid that. Everybody I talk to says Gonzalez is like the biggest wild card or mystery on the team because he's so aggressive and that can get you into trouble. You know, if if he thinks he can hit every pitch, pitchers are not going to throw him strikes. So he's going to have to make adjustments to show a little more patience. But at the same time, you want him to be who he is, and you want him to flex that power that he's got. Because if they can get 30 homers from a right-handed outfielder, that's something that this team hasn't had in, Huge. I don't know, since Amazing. Manny Ramirez. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. so, so he he could go either way. I mean, we've seen that skill set. Like Javi Baez is somewhat similar. 
And a few years ago, he was runner-up in the National League MVP voting. And last season, he was just pitiful for the Tigers. So you never know. It's it's all about sort of the skill set you have and, and how that helps you make adjustments once pitchers get a leg up on you. And I think it's different for everybody. And that's why it's it's tough to predict. And that's why I keep coming back to you need depth. You need plans in place for if someone falters. Zach, let's uh, talk about the unfortunate thing here, ba- uh, injuries. Uh, the Guardians bullpen obviously was great last year, uh, basically across the board. Sam Hentges dealing with an injury. I can't remember now off the top of my head what it is. Uh, it, okay, what's his status and w- w- what, what are we looking at timeline? Do we have anything yet? Yeah, so they're, they're reevaluating him week to week. He's got shoulder swelling and inflammation, which is just, I mean, that's not what you want to hear no. about any pitcher. I think, Jay, you dealt with that, right? So I think I have. <laughs> him, the, the bullpen is, what's so interesting about it is you had a lot of pitchers who had to go through a trial and error period for the first few months last season. And Karen Cech had to prove that he could, thrive without the sticky stuff. Trevor Steffen had to go from mop-up guy to a setup man. Hentges had to prove he could go from a failed starter to an elite reliever. You know, did anybody know who Eniel De Los Santos was this time last season? Nick Sandlin had some command issues and had to go to AAA. So there was a trial and error period really till July. And then from July on, they were the best bullpen in baseball by a mile. So you had this season, all those guys coming back to where Yes, bullpens are unpredictable year to year, but Tito knew he could who he could trust. So there was one bullpen opening with Hentges' injury. It's probably going to be two. And the list of candidates to to fill those spots, like I don't know that there's a an obvious favorite. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how they fill those roles. Um, and Hentges was the only lefty out there, so that's I think that's a big me. blow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's funny is you didn't even mention Eli Morgan who was probably yeah. their second best reliever the first half of the season behind Class A, and he struggled in the second half when everybody else came around, and he's obviously got a good arm too. Speaking of the relievers, Heck, we've talked a lot there's been a lot of talk about the pitch clock, right? I, I I can't I all these baseball changes, I thought I would all hate them. I love them all. I like that the games are gonna be faster. As a person who's got to be at every game, I'm sure you're gonna enjoy faster games. How are especially Class A and Karen check adjusting slash going to adjust, especially Karen check, who's obviously like a Al Habrosky man, Hungarian crazy man on the field. Are, are, are you worried at all about him and the bull, some of those bullpen guys who take longer adjusting? So haven't seen class a yet. He threw his first live bullpen today, so he hasn't been in a game. Um, so that we'll have to, to keep an eye on Karen yeah. check. Hasn't had any issues. The only issue he had was he, he requested a new ball once. And they were supposed to reset the clock when he did it because he did it right away and they didn't. He got charged with an automatic ball and he shouldn't have been. But he's had no issues. Okay. He told the team's pitching group over the offseason, don't worry about me. I'll be fine. I think he's maybe not – he like bounces the baseball in his hand a bunch and then he'd go to the hair, the rosin bag, all this stuff. I think he's just sort of limited the extracurriculars in between pitches and yeah. he works quick. Anyway, it was just the between-pitch routine that he's right. going to have to alter. Zach, outside of driving the Will Brennan bus, I'm also on the Tristan McKenzie train, I guess you could call it. Is there because any... he's the only player that weighs less than Mike. <laughs> probably. That's actually probably fact. Well, Steve, no, I weigh more than Stephen Kwan, maybe. Mm. I don't know, but besides the point. Yeah. We had Chris Rose on, talked to the Guardians, and who do we have also from spring training? Uh, Mandy Bell. Mandy so that Bell, she yeah. thought that, McKenzie could take that next up, be a legitimate Cy Young candidate heading in this season. Is, is there any chance that at the end of 2023, we're looking at Tristan McKenzie as the best pitcher on this Guardians roster? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, I think it's totally reasonable to make that prediction. I think 
He's got one of the best curveballs in the league. If you go look up his numbers, hitters have against that pitch. It's just, it's unfair. And what's amazing about him is, you know, you think about what makes a pitcher great, and sometimes they need to find the right pitch mix or they need to just get beat around a little bit and learn how to be effective. But for him, it's confidence. And in 2021, a light bulb went off in the second half, and part of it was respected players around the league like Miguel Cabrera and Salvador Perez told him, hey, you've got really good stuff. Like, you're, you're impressive. So the results weren't always there, but I, I think you could see he was nibbling a lot that season, and he would get into a jam and wasn't sure how to get out of it. And next thing you know, you know, the bases are loaded with walks or he'd give up a big home run because he was falling behind in counts. And last season, he was the aggressor. And he'd go with that fastball curveball mix. He mixed in sliders. And I mean, it's it it worked to perfection. I mean, he was it, it's unbelievable the growth he's made considering he didn't pitch in 2019, 2020. He came up and debuted during a season where he really had no business pitching in the major leagues and 2021 he took his lumps and last season he was great. So it, it's been, you know, there, there were hopes that he could be this pitcher, the top 50 prospect, but you never know if that light bulb is going to go off. And and once it does, then you sort of reevaluate things and you start to wonder, okay, this guy proved he can be a really good pitcher. Can he be a Cy Young winner? Can he be a guy we want to sign to a long-term extension? Um, he answered the durability questions by making 30 starts, throwing 191 innings. So, yeah, it's all there. Um, I, 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 He and Bieber, to me, are like 1A, 1B. Yeah, how, are Bell, how are Bell and Zanino fitting in locker room-wise? Uh, Bell, well, quieter, I guess, because, you know, Zanino's replacing Austin Hedges, who was, you know, if he was still on the team, you'd probably hear him in the background right now. Uh, Bell's a quiet guy. I think does a lot of reading. Um, it, it's, I think they're fitting in seamlessly because they're veterans, and yeah. I think they're two of the oldest, if not the two oldest guys on the team now. Um, but they're guys who have been around and who can offer some leadership, some experience, and I, I think that helps because even though these guys went through it all last season, this is the first time that they'll have expectations. Zach, we got to let you go, got... but uh, before we do, I'm sorry to interrupt, but before we do, I just wrap it all up with your win total. Folks are between 85 and 90. Is that where you're sitting right now with this club? Yeah, I think I, I think the balanced schedules, uh, and we're making a big deal out of it, and yes, it'll affect things a little, but I do think we're making too big of a deal of it. I, I'd say somewhere around 90 makes sense. I'd take that. I think Zach, you wins the division. Do you want to talk attendance before you go, or should we avoid that? Can <laughs> we go attendance, payroll, special teams coaches? What do you want to talk about? See you, Zach. Great job, Thanks, man. Zach. Have fun out there. Thanks, Thanks, Zach. Um, I think that there's no line on um, McKenzie to win the Cy Young, which is I saw. I saw his plus three thousand. I saw one. Well, the ones I looked at, they had they they had uh, every, the favorites. For every team, obviously Bieber was the favorite, but I, I I agree with Zach, and and I'm just going on stuff. I'm not talking about you know I'm not even going to factor in the experience because Bieber clearly is the more experienced pitcher and he's been there, so he knows what it takes. But just the stuff, the swing and miss stuff that he has. He mentioned his curveball, and he also talked about his the, the, every pitcher is holding a Rubik's cube in their hand for the first three years, and what they're struggling with is pitch mix. How do I? When do I throw the fastball? When do I throw the curveball? He figured it out somewhere around July of last year. I was at the stadium. I talked about this. I was at the stadium for the White Sox game when he had like 16 strikeouts. Start before that, he had over 15. And what I realized in that start was he was beginning to mix his pitches like a veteran, knowing when to overpower guys with the fastball and when to mix it up with the curveball. I curve thought ball. the catchers were calling, calling. They are. They are. But the pitcher drives the bus on that a lot more yeah. than they think oh, yeah. by how well they're throwing each pitch. Mm. And well, the manager also looks at that, and the pitching coach does too. And he was pitching with confidence, right? He, That's yeah. the key. Yeah. He got to a point. I, he clearly was lacking confidence the first half of 21. Yeah. I always felt like in the back of his mind was, because he was a home run pitch, he gave up a lot of home runs. I think that was always in the back of his mind. Pitching coaches will always tell you, you've got to take that out of your mind. It can't be living in the back of your mind. That's like a quarterback who's afraid to throw an interception. Yep. You start seeing ghosts, ghosts start materializing. And with McKenzie, when he stopped worrying about giving up home runs, he's going to give up home runs. He right. just is. He's that yeah. kind of pitcher. But w when he stops worrying about it, and he did last year, 
he was 11 and 11 last year with a sub three ERA. Yes. Mm. He can easily be the ace of this staff for the next five, 10 years. And I yeah, think sure. he can win a Cy Young. It's yeah. like a shooter in basketball when you're not worried about missing anymore and you could just shoot the ball and let, let it go. fly. Let it go. Hey, and we got a NASCAR that. report. We do have a NASCAR report. Also, shout yeah. out Phil Bowman, who gifted six memberships today in Evan 4 when wow. I gifted five. We got 18 new Phil members Bowman. today. Phil Bowman, shout out. Shout out to how, how are they doing that? They're just buying. I have no them. idea YouTube works, but shout out to you guys. You're the best. Shout out to Phil. NASCAR report. We've been back here trying to figure it out, but a shout out to everybody who's gifted members. Anthony got a membership gifted to him. They just out here showing love. They gifted Anthony a membership. Well, Anthony probably has Anthony one. has all the inside access. Thank you for that, whoever did it. But well, Anthony, you should re-gift <laughs> it to someone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, Anthony, you got to re-gift it. Pass Man, it on. And they, he's like, listen, baby, I want to watch some bonus content <laughs> when yeah. I'm at the house. Anthony watches it every day. All right, Earl, Earl that's our We got to get it in. Man, it's, it's brought to you as always by Carlick Racing. Carlick Racing is your Northeast Ohio NASCAR team. I've been waiting for this sponsor for so long. I know you have. First of all, we need to tell everybody, you are the NASCAR guy in Cleveland. There's nobody in town that knows more about NASCAR than you. Yeah, I know. Like, me and Ken Carver yes. had some, uh, we, we had some back and forth all the time about who knows more. So what I'm going to do is every Friday, kind of give you a preview of what's coming up in NASCAR. Right. And tell you a little Where bit are they this weekend? Racing. Uh, they're in Las Vegas Motor Speedway this weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. So, Carlick Racing. Two different, uh, two different teams. He has an Xfinity Series team and a Cup Series team. Explain that for those that don't know. Xfinity is the major leagues, right? Xfinity is the minor leagues. Oh, that's no, the minor leagues. And then and the, the Cup, cup is, the is the major leagues. Yep. Okay. Now, that so, Xfinity team will race some Cup races, though, throughout the year. Uh, some of the drivers will. Yeah, okay. So, this week, he has actually a really, really special Xfinity uh, driver driving one of his cars. Uh, Kyle Busch. We'll be driving the number 10 car for Carlick Racing. Oh. He's from Las Vegas, so this will be pretty cool. For How him. did they pull that off? An uh, article came out about a month ago. They came together for a, a, a deal for a couple races. I'll go back and give you some uh, details wow. on that. Okay. So the race sa- uh, Saturday, Las Vegas Crazy. Motor Speedway. Could win that uh, the Ausco Uniforms 300. It'll be ran Saturday, March 1st. March 4th, I'm sorry, 2023. Oval? Fox. It's an oval, right? It's an oval. Yeah. Mile Aren't and they all? No. No, they have some road courses. They and A.J. Allmendinger is a, like a really good road course driver. He actually won his so who, uh, first race for Carlick Racing at uh, Indianapolis uh, Road Course. Yes, he did. So who are you picking to win the race there, Earl? Give us a prediction. Uh, Well, I'm going to go with our, one of our sponsors. It's got to be a car. Are you a. really? I'm, well, I'm you go, can't I'm pick him to win every race. So listen, uh, that's what you say. Know, but Kyle Busch is a big Big time driver. Can't pick him to win. I every think he's doing every race. It's no. an individual sport. Almondinger's winning every race now. <laughs> no, the end of he's season. picking Kyle Busch. Going well, that's with the Kyle. Infinity. I'm going with the Cup Series. He can pick the minor leaguers. I'm picking a pro. No, Kyle Busch so, is running in the big. Race. No, he's running the minor. He's running the yeah, big he's not going to run the minors. Kyle Busch doesn't run minor league races. Oh, okay. He's so retired. He Kyle okay. Busch retired. He's coming out of retirement yeah. to run in the Xfinity. Oh, yeah, he's running. He's racing in the minor league. If you would listen to producer Earl, how can I listen? That's How could I listen? These guys are talking. So over. who wins? <laughs> I really don't have a winner, honestly, for the Xfinity race, for the Cup Series race. Yeah. I would really go with one of the Bush brothers. Kyle yeah. Bush comes to Whoa, Las Vegas. Hold on, Earl. I got to cut you off. If you're going to be Mr. NASCAR, then you can't tell me you don't have a winner. You got to pick a winner. That's the deal. He's got a Let's point. Let's go. He does don't ride the fence here. We don't do fence riding. Well, and, and, Let's pick a winner. Earl, though, you really... <laughs> don't pick a winner of a Oh, pick a race. damn winner. What do you, you mean don't, you don't pick a winner? You, you can, you you, can, can you bet on who's going to win? Here's what it's the akin, akin to. Who's going to win a golf tournament? Yeah. yeah John Rahm, pick yes, a winner. Roy weekend. Let's go. Tiger Woods. Anybody can win. Let's go, Earl. Anybody can win, right? Am I right, Earl? Put it on the line. Any, anybody can win. I'm we picking we don't want to hear that. For sponsorship for calling racing. <laughs> I'm no, going with A.J. Allman, yeah, You're the man. That, that's it. That's, that's a what great we pick. Doing. I was thinking the same one, Earl. Where is the race this weekend? What network? Uh, Fox? Fox Network. Very so good. Xfinity race is Saturday at 4.30. The Cup race, which is the Pennzoil 400, is Sunday at 3.30 p.m. That's a good one. Um, qualifying is later on today. Ooh. So we'll see where they start off. <coughs> yeah, we're going to have some fun with Carly Racing while they're here. With hey, us. Yes, Earl, we are. I got a we question are. for you. And, Steve, get video number two ready. Who's going faster this weekend? Someone on the NASCAR track or what we're about to see when Steve pulls it up. We didn't play it off the top of the show. We got to play this before we run. Video two. Titus. <laughs> no, not. You guys recognize that voice? 
that. I can tell by the yell inside this. Yeah. Whoa. Look at that break. Oh, he's got the steel glove on. Oh, my gloves, look. <laughs> Come on now. Stop no. playing with me. <laughs> Stop playing with me. So, so, so it's like he's the greatest repeller or zipline artist ever. He hey. sounded scared. He was screaming. He did. He's, Man. I would never hey, do that. Hey, Ed, do you got the picture? Can we take Tagboy real quick? I should have not here, but can we take Tagboy real quick? This, it looks like Tyvis got a song going right there. Wait, has anybody <laughs> ever done No, you've never done it? I have. No. Y'all ever seen oh, a happier it's... person than Tyvis right there? <laughs> no. Wee. That is one of the greatest things you can ever do. Outside of jump over of Overtime next. See you later. Peace. How you doing, Doug? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.